Welcome to episode 11 of the Transforma tu Inglés Profesional podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Smith. Today, I will be talking with Alistair, an amazing coach from my team, all about what the expression to get to grips with means, why I needed to get to grips with many issues when I moved school as a child, the reason I can speak four languages, why I don't get stressed when I don't understand something in a foreign language, and the expression by the skin of your teeth. This podcast is aimed at helping you push your business English communication skills to the next level so that you can grow professionally and achieve your international career goals. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. Enjoy! Hi everyone, today we're going to be talking about a very interesting expression, which is to get to grips with. Now, we can't exactly remember whether we've used this expression in a previous episode or not. So uh, certainly if you have noticed uh, us using this expression in the past, uh, please let us know. Uh, but we do feel that uh, we have probably used it and we thought that it would be an uh, interesting sort of discussion to have. And as usual, Alistair is here with me to discuss this interesting topic. Hi, Alistair. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Bit of a bit of a cold, but apart from that, I'm fine. Great, 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 good. So yeah, this particular expression is is kind of interesting because it's something that native speakers would use quite a lot, and I think for that reason, it's important for our listeners to to sort of understand it and potentially use it as well. So let's let's jump straight in and kind of create a sort of definition for this particular exp expression. Could you do that for us, Alistair? Yes, of course. So to get to grips with something is you have some new situation or a new place. So it could be moving to a new town or moving to a new school, or it could be some new software or application on the computer that you have to use and it's new and you're not used to it. So you have to familiarize yourself or get used to using this new application or getting to know this new place. So you've, you've, yeah, I suppose you have to get accustomed yourself to a new situation or a new place or a new way of working or a new system, a new computer program, for example. And that process of adaptation is getting to grips with that new thing or that new situation. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And those particular ways of explaining that expression are, are great, right? Because in Spanish, there are some words that are very similar, right? And we were talking before we got, got to recording this particular mm -hmm. episode about a Spanish word that we actually find very difficult to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> pronounce it at all. I we... can't get to grips with this word <laughs> that's how to right. pronounce this word that's right that's right so of course you can use this expression get to grips with but there are other alternatives right as such as f familiarize yourself with something right and yeah. that and that familiarize can also be useful that particular word because in spanish you have a similar word which i will try to pronounce now try come on familiarizarse i don't think yeah. i got it right <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's difficult it is difficult it's difficult but basically, the idea there is that if you have that word 
in your mind in terms of Spanish, you can go to familiarize, right? You can yeah. familiarize yourself with something. To become familiar with, and the verb familiarize. Mm-hmm. So you get familiarized with something, no? or, yeah. fam- or get used to, and you also have in Spanish, well, or accustomed, which is yes. more similar to the Spanish, no? Acostumbrarse. Yeah. yeah. So you get accustomed to something. But in English, we have the phrase, which is very common, to get used to something, which That's means right. the same as to get accustomed to doing yeah. something. Exactly. So you can say familiarize yourself with something new to get used to a new situation or a new technology or... But you also have the expression, which means the same, to get to grips with, which exactly. is a good, a useful expression to know. It is, it is. Yeah. And I think here the, the, the difference is, is that obviously if you are able to think of that, those, these types of expressions that I would say are a little bit higher level expressions, then that it just, it just adds to your range, let's say, your range of mm. different elements that you, can, that you can use. And especially when you, like lots of our listeners, they're kind of, in a professional situation, right? And Mm -hmm. they want to explain something uh, and they want to use not kind of, they want to avoid using the same words and again and again, right? To be repetitive. That's right. How can I say that in a different way or to vary my language, not always to use the same word or the same expression? Yes, because, you know, in many cases, I have sort of chats with different clients and that mm-hmm. is one of their key, key aims is to feel that their English is n- not simple. They want yeah, to express themselves. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't want it to be simple and they don't want it to be repetitive and they feel that they would like to have uh, a level of English. Obviously, yeah. that is more similar to the way that they would express themselves in Spanish, yeah. you know? <clears throat> exactly. So, yeah, more options, no more to That's extend right. their vocabulary. That's right. Exactly. Especially using these kind of particular expressions that native speakers use a lot, like get to grips with. That's right. Yeah. So okay. we, we thought of one way of potentially helping people to remember this expression would be to, to come up with a little story. So I'm going to just uh, tell a little story about when mm. I moved school and I had to get to grips with a new school and in a different country. And this happened when I was about 10 years old. And I was at that time based in the UK in a very, very small school and uh, everything was fine. Everything was okay. And uh, I would kind of like was very used to that situation. I didn't have to get, I didn't have to get to grips with anything because I was pretty much Ooh. sort of comfortable, right? Very but, familiar. No? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then at, at one point, my parents said, okay, we're going to move country, we're going to move to a different school. And this new school that I moved to, which was called a European school, was in a different country in Belgium, in Brussels. And the, the school was, I don't know, maybe at least three or four times uh, bigger than my original <laughs> Hi there, just a very quick interruption. Hopefully you're able to understand everything in this episode, but if you need a little extra help, then you can download the transcript totally free and read along as we speak. If you're interested, just go to the show notes and find the link. Now let's get back to the show. And so it took me quite a long time. I would say it took me probably a whole full year to get to grips with that new schooling system also partly because the school was completely different had mm. 10 different language sections 10 so, wow. yes 
10 different language sections. So it was it was co something completely different for me. And in particular, the, the, there were three key things that I think I really needed to get to grips with. The first was just literally that every day I would go to school and I'd have to kind of try to communicate in as many languages as I possibly could, right? So obviously at that time, I could speak a bit of German and uh, English, and but there were loads of kids who could, uh, couldn't speak either of those languages. So I had to also communicate with other kids that potentially mm, it was a little bit more difficult because they, they couldn't speak German or, or English, right? Yeah, with your classmates, uh, no? That, in, yeah, yeah. You'd I have mean, to I, find a common language or, or not right. common language. Yes, or even sign language, whatever it, whatever it yeah, took. Anyway, do you know what I mean? Possible. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Communicate. That's right. So at that point, that was something that took me quite a long time to get to grips with, the whole idea of, you know, just uh, communicating with, with different, uh, different people from, or different kids from different, uh, different language sections, you know? The second thing that I really took me a while to get to grips with was something uh, was the was maths essentially because maths was taught in a very different way and uh, they had something that was called euro maths which was basically where the book itself didn't have any text whatsoever because all the book had to be used by all the language sections so mm -hmm. these symbols were supposed to be kind of universal and kind of easy potentially for everyone to understand but at, that, <laughs> at this particular time when I started in the school it was actually extremely difficult for me to to get to grips with that particular book and really understand what they wanted me to do in terms of wow. the mass exercises. That sounds complicated. Yeah, it was. It was quite tricky. It was quite, it wasn't easy at all. So yeah, that took me a while to get to grips with that. And then the final thing was what they called European hours, which was where basically they mixed children up from, from all different language sections. And you would get a sort of randomly allocated teacher who would just speak to you in any language that they particularly, obviously normally their native language. So I can remember going to European hours and having having a, a class in French and not really understanding everything and so or anything let's say so so that was uh, particularly difficult to get to grips with uh, in many cases I had no idea what was going on in the class but overall I would <coughs> what I would say was that it kind of prepared me quite well in terms of languages in general and not being afraid of not understanding I think that was that was the key thing that the school learned uh, taught me was that yeah okay if you don't understand something don't worry about it too much yeah Try to find a way to communicate, even if it's with gestures or <clears throat> etc. So when you came to Spain, and we talked about that in the previous episode of how we ended up living in Spain, you came with, I think you said, with no Spanish at all. That's right. But obviously having had that experience when you were younger of having to adapt to people from different countries speaking different languages and you have to try to communicate as best you can and to understand, I suppose you weren't you weren't scared. It was quite easy for you or relatively easy to get to grips with living in Spain and adapting to a new language. No? You yeah, could absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because actually that whole process of not understanding something, I actually quite enjoy it i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying that <laughs> you let's didn't say, panic I, yeah stay I, calm yeah stay calm and the the thing for me is like when you when you are in that situation you kind of learning something new every day i would also i've often described it as almost like the honeymoon period because it's like mm -hmm. you are you are so sort of surrounded by the language that you're learning something really yeah. literally every day and it's subconsciously just a yeah often it's just it's just yeah. around you and you absorb yeah. it no? like a sponge that's right a fantastic sort of experience in that way you know yeah okay yeah. so yeah that sounds quite difficult having to get to grips with moving to a new country a new school new classmates different system of learning of education yeah. and languages of course 
So all of that combined at the same time must have been quite stressful at the beginning, at least. And then you got, you gradually got used to it and you familiarized yourself with the new school, with the new system. And finally you got to grips with, with the the school and the methods and et cetera. And everything was okay. Yeah. I was lucky. How long did it take you, would you say, to get to grips with, with that new school and that new method of learning, et cetera? Well, I would say it took me about one year. I mean, it it oh. it, it, it did it literally yeah, wasn't what it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't easy at all. I mean, uh, in many, I can remember thinking back to it now. I can remember that I was actually quite lucky to uh, get through that year and pass on to the next year because in that in that particular schooling system, it was quite easy to fail the year and retake the year. Oh, you had to repeat. Yeah. The, no, I did. I didn't specifically. No, I mean not but, you. I mean yeah. One. That's yes. If you if your marks were not good enough, you would have to repeat the year. And mm. I can remember that I was borderline. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. So you uh, just got through. I just got through, but just like by the skin of my teeth, as they say. By the, as a good expression, by yeah. the skin of your teeth. In <laughs> Spanish, is por los por los pelos. <laughs> por los pelos, claro, exactly. By sí, the sí. skin of your teeth, which yeah. is strange because your teeth don't have skin. <laughs> That's right. Well, That's your right. gums, I suppose, but yeah, yeah, you you do something just by the skin of your teeth. That's right. That's a nice right. expression. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I was I was quite lucky, let's say, to get through to the next year. But after that, it kind of I got into secondary school at that point, and then everything became a little bit easier for some strange reason. Although you would think it would be more difficult, but actually, so this was primary school still. What last year of primary school? Last year of primary school. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. And how uh, long did you stay? Did you live there and go to school in Belgium in Brussels? Yeah, for seven years. Seven years. Yeah. All right. I didn't know. I knew you'd spent time there, but I didn't realize. It was yeah. so all your teenage years. Were yes. Spent- yes. Wow. Yes. 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 Interesting. So yeah, the the whole philosophy of that school, which is kind of interesting, is and I won't go into it too much, but the idea is that as you go you progress through the school, you you have more and more subjects in your first and second foreign language. So, for example, mm. by the time I got to the end of the school, I was kind of doing history and geography in German, and uh, and mm. I had almost half of my subjects in German. So the idea is, is that uh, yeah, you you're you start off with with being in your your language section, but then bit by bit, you you're kind of mm. like more and more exposed to different languages, and so you come. Well, yeah. they say. I mean, I've only learned one foreign language, Spanish. Well, I studied French at school, but mm. I never learned anything and I failed. So that's more or less irrelevant. So I don't know. But they say once you've learned one foreign language, it's easier to learn another. So maybe you found that to be the case. I don't know. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without mm. a doubt. That's, it's kind of interesting because when I first came to Spain, I, I the, the closest langu- language that I knew that was the, had quite a lot of connections to Spanish was French. You know? Yeah, so, Latin so, language. Yeah, Latin language. So, yeah. So how many languages do you speak fluently then? Well, I, fluently is a difficult thing well, to define. Well, depends on your definition yes. of fluent. Yeah, it does very much. But but at the moment, p- partly because I just use English and Spanish mostly, I would say that, yeah, English and Spanish are, are my best ones at the moment. But mm. overall, even then, I probably I would I would say my German is is not too bad, but it's rusty, that, that's for sure. Rusty. Very, very rusty. Oxidado. Yeah. Oxidado, claro. But sí. you've got a high level, presumably, if you went... To live or work in Germany, you would recover it very quickly yes, in a few that, months. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yes, yeah. yes. Because uh, I yeah. believe your mother is German, which yes, we haven't mentioned. Mother, yes, so. my mother is German. Yes. So, so uh, your mother so. tongue literally is German. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. And but that, of course, you wouldn't consider yourself to be bilingual, though. 
in German and English? Or oh, would I you? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one to, to, to define, let's say, because yeah. you have to really kind of go into the whole specific definitions of what bi- bilingualism what, what is, what fluency is, and that we probably don't have time for that. But yeah, that's another... another Opening another can of worms. That's right. But... Uh, you know, I, I, at this point in time, I wouldn't say that I'm fluent in German, that's for sure, because I tried yeah. to speak German a few weeks ago, and I found it extremely difficult. Yeah. So well, it's so an no. extremely difficult language. It is quite tricky to yeah, learn. So sure. yeah, I can yeah. imagine it's easy to get rusty if you don't use it in practice. Well, like all languages, but maybe uh, German, particularly, you yes. really need to use it and practice it. Yeah, for sure. You, because you, the, the grammar forms are quite, uh, quite difficult. Well, yeah. It's like Latin, basically. Yes, yes. People it's, tell me. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite complex in terms of those grammar forms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And French? How is your French? My French is also rusty, I have to say. <laughs> but so, no, I mean, I definitely put, would put German above my French. That's yeah. for sure, without a doubt. But, but of course, if I listen to something in French, I understand it. If I listen to the German news, I understand it. Yeah, so, when it's pa- so something passive, reading, listening. Yes, yes, yes. No problem. Absolutely. When you have to create like speaking or writing. Yeah, is a bit more difficult because you need practice, don't you? I mean, you need to literally practice that. And that's a lot of a lot of our clients essentially have the same issue with English, right? Is that they they need to practice it because otherwise it's just it's just going to be it's going to be difficult if you kind of suddenly go into a business meeting and haven't practiced the three months. That's right. That's right. You need to kind of get those words flowing, you know. Okay, so you could watch Netflix, a series in German, in German with no problem. And you understand everything. Yes, yes. At least enough to follow. It yes, no absolutely, absolutely, and a French as well, no problem. And French no as problem. well, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so obviously yeah, yeah. you've got a, a good level. It's just yes, when you maybe have to speak, you you need a bit more time to recover. No, to, uh, uh, to get yeah, yeah, practice. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, good. Fa- yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a long time ago now, those school days, but still kind yeah. of an interesting, an interesting experience. That's for sure. Well, yeah, Certainly, so, yeah, amazing. And mixing with people from all different countries, no different yeah. languages. Yeah, yeah. Have you still got friends? Are you still in contact with people from that time in your life? A few people, a few people. Mm-hmm. But it's true that when you do get into that system, of course, because everybody has different sort of home countries or they, they, mm. they, the idea of keeping in touch with those people is a little bit more difficult because they kind of often go back to their countries. Uh, and or move around. Not, yes, yeah, absolutely. Parents. Yes, so absolutely. how did you end up that end up... Uh, we use that in the last pos- uh, yeah. <laughs> episode. How did you end up living there? Because of your father's job? or Yes, yes. My yeah. dad was actually a teacher at the school, which was kind of an interesting... Oh, right. Did he yeah. teach you? That would be he weird. Did, he yeah. did teach Taught me. by he your did. own father. He what did. subject? He, did. he taught me computing. computing. Wow. So, I couldn't yeah. imagine being taught by my <laughs> father. <laughs> it was, was a strange... Was he, was he harder on you than the rest? Because he had to be... <laughs> Or, or the opposite, or I, uh, that is kinder. a very. I think he was just very professional. Let's say yeah. that that just is treated kind of you like, the same as the rest yes, and didn't yes. give any special no favors. Yeah. Or... That's right. That's right. Yeah, but it was a strange experience. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. okay. So we the other thing that we wanted to cover today, apart from that expression to get to grips with, was also uh, a few listener questions. Right. Yeah. So we had uh, an email from somebody called Karine, and she, I presume, is a she asked she said that in the episode where i think it was the one i we spoke about every cloud has a silver lining and i was talking about remote working mm. that i'm working from home and she she asked the question why did i say at home but then i said in the office mm-hmm. uh, so why at home and in the office so well this is a huge subject 
when you want, when you get into prepositions, they cause people a lot of problems, particularly at, in, and on those mm -hmm. three mm -hmm. that often could be translated in Spanish by N, which is one word. And we have three. So Spanish clients, students have problems with that. So that is maybe for a, an entire episode in the future, we could dedicate to prepositions, particularly those three. Absolutely. But just to answer the question very directly and shortly. So we say at home basically because it's a, it's a fixed expression. So with the word home, you always say, so estar en casa is to be at home. You never say to be in home. So you That's just right. don't use the word in with home. Well, I don't know why. It's just like that. Now, estar en tu casa, you could use the word house. You say, I am in my house. So strangely, if you use the word house as opposed to home, mm -hmm. you can use the word in the preposition. But you also have to use a possessive pronoun, my home. So where are you? I'm at home. Mm -hmm. You don't say my home. It's not necessary. And you don't need, and you say at but you could say I'm in my house, hmm. strangely. Yeah. So yeah. with house, you can say in my house, but at home. Yes. So these are just like fixed expressions that you just have to know. Yeah. And in the office, you could say at the office or in the office. It doesn't matter. It's the same. So you yeah. say, where are you? I'm at the office. I'm in the office. And there are other places similar that you can use at and in with no difference. So you can be at the airport or in the airport, mm -hmm. at the restaurant in the restaurant, at the mm -hmm. hotel, in the hotel, mm -hmm. train station as another one. So there are certain locations where you can use both at and in with no difference. So really the, the mistake that you can make is to say, I am in home yeah, or I'm working in home. No, you work at home or you are at home. That's right. That's just something you have to remember that at goes with home. Okay. Yes. So that's the short answer. And if you want to go in more detail, we'll have to dedicate another episode to in, at, and on, and prepositions. Yeah, for sure. Sure, it's kind of a really interesting one. Prepositions, of course, is one of those things that, you know, is traditionally very, very difficult for for people to pick up. Uh, and yeah. and kind of because in the end, they're always kind of looking for some sort of rule, right? And, mm, and uh, often of, there isn't. And often there rule. isn't a rule. Mm. That's right. So, but that is a really great explanation in terms of the, that difference between, yeah, at home and in the office. Because I think that was the key question, right? She was the, yeah, the she just said, why did you say at home but in the office exactly so, well the yeah. explanation is there's not necessarily a reason as in a logical reason it's just you say at home and you don't say in home mm. yeah so sometimes exactly. there isn't an explanation exactly it's just well you just have to know that is a fixed phrase that we use but you can say at the office or in the office so you can use both okay right. now the other question we have was somebody called now excuse me forgive me if i'm not pronouncing the name correctly me hi i think or Mihai, and he or she, I don't know, Mihai is male or female, I'm sorry about this, is, was asked, what's the difference pick up and choose? Now, this is interesting because the person asking the question made a slight mistake because I think what they mean is pick and choose. That's right. Not pick up. Because if you add up the preposition, you're creating a phrasal verb, pick up. Yeah which means something completely different. So to mm. pick up means, Daniel? Yeah, well, clearly the most famous context for this or the most commonly used context would be to pick up somebody from the airport, right? I mean, that yeah. is the, that's the, the way that most people would use it. And pick up your kids from school, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So it means to collect, no? Yeah. Collect somebody from the airport, collect your kids from school, or a thing could be pick up your car from the garage. Yeah. 
So you leave your car in the garage for to be repaired and you pick it up or you collect it uh, the next day, for example. Yes. So that's a different thing. So the question pick and choose, what's the difference? There isn't any. So they both mean the same. So yeah. you can to pick something is to make a choice about yeah. one thing from a group of things. So if you're in the supermarket and you're picking fruit or choosing one type of apple or another is to choose or to pick. It's the same. Yeah. So there's yeah. no difference is the answer to the question. Yeah. But pick up is something different. So be yeah. careful. Yeah. Be careful with that. Yeah. Adding that preposition because then suddenly the, the uh, meaning does change. And mm. then we also discussed the fact that in English, you can actually have an expression, which is to pick and choose. We kind of say two, we add the front of the, the front there. We kind of add the mm. two to pick and choose. So this is kind of where you might be just offering some, somebody to literally, obviously you can say, well, you can choose or you can pick what you want. Right. But at the same time that you can also say something like you you can you're free to pick and choose right yeah so it's up to you you can it's up to you doesn't matter yes. choose what you want so it's strange because the expression is using the two words mm-hmm. which mean the same so it's yes. like you're repeating the same thing twice that's right but yeah, yeah you say oh you can pick and choose so that's it doesn't right. matter whichever one you want and again, this is kind of interesting. It kind of also helps probably many of uh, our listeners in terms of, you know, just having more options available to you, right? Because mm-hmm. if you want to say to somebody that they can, they, you know, they can choose whichever one they want, then you might not in, in the second phrase that you use, you might not want to use choose again, and you can use pick. So that this yeah. is really important to, to understand that essentially, they mean the same thing, but you, it means that you don't have to repeat the same word again, right? Yeah, and to then, vary uh, your language. That's right. Repeating that's right. the same word. It's, it's a little little bit like when you're writing an email or uh, anything in text like text form right when you see a sentence and you and and you have two words in that particular sentence it never sounds quite as good as if you have an alternative for that for yeah it's there's a very important point that i think not to keep repeating using the same word try to vary your your language and your use of vocabulary yeah if you're writing an essay well anything doesn't have to be an essay an email even yeah don't try not to repeat the same word too many times in in the few sentences. Now, if you have an alternative word, which is a synonym, which means the same or basically the same, yeah, try to use that word instead. No, not to to be too repetitive with your language. No? That's right. That's right. And is is important in that in those contexts. But also, you know, if you're in a business meeting and you're trying to explain a product or whatever it might be, you want to get your message across sort of powerfully mm. and precisely. And uh, the, the wider range of vocabulary that you have and that you can use and without repeating yourself is kind of very, very nice to do if you can do it, obviously. Don't get stressed about it. It's not about stressing yourself to because you, you feel as if you don't have enough vocabulary. But if you can acquire that vocabulary and really use it, then that's really helpful, certainly. Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. Good. So yeah, that was, those were those two particular listener questions. So thank you very much for that, Alistair. So yeah, and I I'd, apologize for if I pronounced the the names incorrectly <laughs> or, well, or got the gender wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, these, these, the, the, these things are, you know, difficult to tell, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Let, so, let, so. Let, let us know, send an email absolutely, to, cor- absolutely. to correct me, please. Yeah. So let's just uh, have a quick summary at the end uh, of mm-hmm. this particular episode to see what we've covered. And I think it's the main thing really is that expression to get to grips with. Right. And, and the fact that you know there it's you can be very close to other particular words that we we're talking about right to get used to to familiarize yourself right Alistair? exactly yeah exactly you can use those two expressions and obviously they're more similar to spanish especially the familiarize which is yeah. the word have a go should we have another go at trying to pronounce it yeah familiar- let's let's try it you try it <laughs> 
I'll try it. Familiarizarse. No, it's not quite. It's not quite there. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, but listeners know what we're trying to say. No, so it's the same in English. Well, it's quite difficult in English. Familiarize yourself with something. Get used to something, which is to accustom yourself. Accustombrarse to a new situation. So, but you have this expression to get to grips with something, which is an alternative that you can use. Yeah. Which again, you know, gives you that indication you've got, you know, that higher level of English that you're able to use these kind of expressions. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And we also, in the conversation, by the skin of your teeth came out. That's right. Yeah, coincidentally. Yes. Meaning por los pelos in Spanish. It's quite a useful expression. Again, if you can use that, you you impress people with your English. Oh, you know that expression. Yeah, absolutely. The skin of your teeth. That's right. I mean, by, you by, know. by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, so by the skin. Just, yes. You managed to do something just like passing an exam by, yeah. you know, if you needed a 50% and you got 50%, you passed by the skin of your teeth. Exactly, exactly. And so it's kind of interesting how those expressions just come out without us thinking about them, right? And it's kind of like two native speakers speaking uh, with each other, just like what we're trying to do here is also kind of give our listeners uh, a a close, yeah, a a conversation as close to as as a natural conversation to to native speakers, right? And those types of expressions will suddenly come out. And that's kind of probably... Which we'll try to highlight. So we didn't plan in this episode to talk about by the skin of your teeth but it just came out in the conversation yeah and the idea is then is if we if we notice them because <laughs> we couldn't mention them and not even notice them because to That's us true. they're just yeah. such natural expressions to use yeah but of course uh, yeah if we can focus on any interesting expressions we use naturally during the our conversation we will highlight them absolutely yeah Fantastic. All right. So, Alistair, thank you once again for being here for, with me this week. A pleasure. Thank you. I certainly learned lots of things. So it was kind of uh, fun. Very, I was very interested to hear your story. I knew some of it, but I didn't know all of it. So I didn't know you spent seven years. So all your teenage years in yeah. Brussels or in yeah. Belgium. My formative years. Your right. formative years. Exactly. Yes. Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again. Okay. And obviously Cheers. we'll see each other again uh, next week. All right. Yeah. Bye. All Cheers. right. See you then. Bye bye.